We're back, episode number three of Zero On Air. My name's Graham Brown, and you're joining me today on another walk through the world of beautiful business with Zero Asia's regional director, Kevin Fitzgerald. And once again, we're joined by a special guest, this time Gordon Ng from Talanox. We're going to talk about making HR easy for everybody from startups to high growth businesses. And Kevin helps us unpack the role of HR and companies like Talanox for us as business owners. You know, like accounts, HR is not often seen as an enabler to growth. But if you look at how you can use these tools more effectively, you can create easy to use dashboards and reports to make your operations run smoothly. And running smoothly means freeing up more of your time to focus on what you do best, working on rather than working in your business. So sit back and relax, enjoy this conversation between myself, Kevin Fitzgerald, and Gordon Ng about using HR to help grow your business. We're on. We're back in the home of beautiful business here on Cross Street Zero's headquarters for Asia. Graham Brown here, joined by the familiar voice and face of Kevin Fitzgerald. Kevin, welcome back. Thank you. Great to be back. Good. And joining us, a new face and a new voice, Gordon Ng from Talanox. Yep. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks for uh, inviting me. So you've obviously got it on your T-shirt, so let's talk about that now. What is Talanox all about? Um... Pretty straightforward. So um, what we are doing is just to help um, SMEs um, to automate um, the process of managing payroll and also leave management. Um, Previously, um, some of the team members were from HR outsourcing. So we were dealing with uh, multiple softwares, um, guys like um, Timesoft, ProSoft, Oracle, SAP, and so on. the main issue is that it's very complicated to use mm. and a lot of SMEs, um, they don't have the buying power to. So aside from the professional knowledge and they don't really have the buying power to uh, get on board uh, to automate their payroll and uh, manage their leave. So what they end up using is Excel. Yeah. Right. Same thing as accounting, same thing as most of your operations. You always start with Excel or Google Sheet. Yeah. Yeah. So we we kind of uh, realized that there's such a problem um, in my previous company, and we started to come up with a solution for that. Um, but, but after I left the company, we didn't really launch it as a product. So uh, Edwin, my co-founder, and I, uh, we met around uh, six years ago, five to six years ago. That's when we realized that okay, the problem is not solved. Um, can someone come up with an off-the-shelf product, a SaaS product, where you can simply onboard without any payroll or HR knowledge, you will be able to um, get your payroll done within minutes. Mm. Yeah, so that's when we created Talanox. Yeah. Is there a um, genesis of the name? What's the story behind the name itself? Uh, this is linked to my wife. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we came out with really weird names. We came out with like HR pirates and my wife is like, no man. I like that one. Pay- payroll pirates. Yeah. <laughs> that, might, that might not have any legs though. <laughs> They're like, no, this is not going to fly. You came up with like um, something like uh, uh, automated kind of uh, oh, I remember it's linked to uh, Otter, mm. a mascot. Yeah. Oh, we call it uh, autonom- autonomous or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> and she's like, no, let's yeah. just call yourself Telenox. Yeah, that was a good choice. And we were like, oh, that sounds really great. No meaning, but we love it. 
I thought it was something to do with talent. Yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, something to do with talent, oh. but we can't really explain the Knox yeah. portion. So it's kind of like just a name. Yeah, after today. All right, we'll go yeah. with that. Yeah. So HR in itself um, might not be the most exciting subject as a business owner. I did actually find it funny when you talked about Excel because yep. we do have a leave tracker, which we... <laughs> With these guys marking in their days off on Excel, right? Yep, I mean, yep. it's not scalable, right? Yep, it's definitely not scalable. But it's Google Docs rather than Excel, so it's in the cloud, right? More scalable. Yeah, <laughs> it is cloud-based, let me assure you. So what what is the problem for business owners? How does it get out of hand and how does that create a problem long-term in terms of growth particularly? How does it stop people scaling? So everything... I mean, every time you, when you start a business, the first thing you think of is how can I not uh, spend extra money to get a software mm-hmm. and just manage everything on Excel? If you are good in Excel, good for you. You can create, start to create like macros, like a mega Excel sheet, but you will always reach a point where you can't scale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for example, when I ran my previous business, everything was on Excel. Um, I thought that I know the rules. Mm-hmm. So I kind of like... Um, in my CPF, but I didn't know there's such a thing called self-help group funds where you have a donation funds in Singapore. You need to pay like your CDEC, your MBMF, Senda, and ECF. So you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I even had issues with tax forms. Right. When my employees asked me for IRA 8A, I was like, oh, you, you should just get it yourself. Uh, we don't process it for you. <laughs> so I, I didn't know. I didn't know exactly like right. I would need to um, come up with a year-to-date amount and pass them the IRA 8 form yeah. for them to file their tax. Right. So there's a lot of things that I don't know about. Is it the employer's responsibility? It is the employer's yeah. responsibility. Mm. So um, I think for all business owners, the first thing that you will want to focus on is your core business. Yeah. It's um, how you can generate revenue ASAP. Everything that is um, kind of like not the core business, like administrative tasks, but it's important because of compliance, like accounting, like um, HR, like legal, um, you definitely need to get it set up. Mm. And the mm. best way is either you outsource to a service provider, uh, like Carlton, like a Copsec, or a payroll outsourcing company. Um, if not, you need to handle it uh, in-house. But if you handle it in-house, you definitely need to have a software that's able to do that. If not, how can you, as a non-professional, learn all the rules? Even if you do so, you will not, you will not be spending quality time your mm. business. Mm. This is the challenge I want to throw over to Kevin because we had this conversation last time in the last podcast and it's it's the challenge of the startup founder or the small yeah. business owner mm. is that A, on the one hand, they're very optimistic about the future. It will work out. Don't worry. So there's that. Keep kicking the can down the road. And the, the second part is that quality time on your business, mm. that payroll or even accounts for that matter may be seen as something which isn't core to growing the business. Is there sort of a mindset shift required here? How do you get people around to thinking about it without them feeling, oh no, I've got to buy another SaaS service and it all sort of, it's more time spent away from the business? Yeah, I think it's, um, especially with, with payroll, HR and the individuals who are working in your team, because you, you said, right, like you want to focus on the most important things about your business. But getting paid on time is probably the most important thing for your employee. Um, As well as like, you know, having a working somewhere that has a purpose and a range of other things. But I think the one that probably raises um, emotional stress Mm. is if a 
employee doesn't get paid on time yes. or incorrectly. Definitely. So I actually feel that the having a system that can do that for you, you know, accurately on time, um, is something that can support your employees and make them feel, you know, that that sense of um, not only security but that you're prioritizing their needs yep. and not just yours all the time. And I think that's where. You know, as as much as maybe accounting is seen as compliance for the tax man, HR and payroll is probably compliance and for for your staff. Yep. You know, and you need to look after them, and you you need to invest in that. Mm. It's almost like customer service in the sense that, but in a good way, because I believe that you could spend millions on your brand, mm. but if your customer service is negative in any way, you could lose all of that. Yeah, because somebody <laughs> at the front line who negs out a customer can create. Or can undo all that sort of branding, that hard work that you've put into it. In the same way, if you spend all that time recruiting talent, which is a challenge here in Singapore, mm. but you pay them a day late, they'll never forget that. Or yep. that will impact things. Or that will lose the benefit of the doubt that they may give you in other circumstances, right? Yep. Yeah, and we, we don't know. Like if you have five people or 50, some might be really relying on getting paid yeah. correctly on that day because they are paying on bills or different family situations to, to stay on top of. So that's going to create a lot of stress for them. Yeah. Typically what happens with small business owners, I know you mentioned Excel, yep. but what's a scenario that you've seen where you've had a high growth business and they've struggled to keep on top of HR? What then happens? Yep. So usually when, um, if the businesses, they don't start using a, a platform, um, they start using Excel. Mm. And um, for example, if you are a tech company, you just raise a Series A, and then you start to have like a mass hiring. That's when all the problems uh, start to kick in. When you grow from twenty to fifty, and you realize that oh man, there's really so much work to do. Um, I need to get something to automate the whole process. And they didn't realize that uh, matters like payroll and leave. Uh, you kind of need your year-to-date information. You kind of need to ensure that since January everything is right. Uh, in terms of leave calculation, have you been doing like um, the carry forward calculation or proration of the various entitlements accurately? Uh, in terms of leave management, it can get very complicated. Like FMB and retail, they actually have something called accrual base where they earn their leave every month mm-hmm. um, as they work. So if you have a, ma- like a mega Excel sheet <laughs> for that, yeah. uh, it's not very scalable. Um, in our, in, even in our business, let's not talk about HR. Um, when we are um, running certain operations, when we are mm. doing uh, like our internal dashboard, yep. uh, we, don't invest, we don't invest in engineering and we can't find a SaaS product for that. So what we do is that we use a cloud SI, a system integrator called Zapier, mm. and we zap um, all the numbers into a Google Sheet dashboard. Yeah, but after three years of running it, the whole Google Sheet just slowed down like yeah, crazy. Yeah. So it's not scalable at all. So that's when we start to invest internal resource to engineer. But since day one, if you can really find something affordable and you can just push it out and start using like a SaaS platform, like our company, we spend loads of money on SaaS platform because we know that uh, it saves a lot more time uh, than you investing an effort uh, to build your own product. Yeah. yeah. And you mentioned as well, for ex- a, a very good example where a startup, for example, would raise a, an A round. Yep. And that typically is then followed by a mass hire. Yep. So they would go from 10 to 20 people to maybe 50 to 100 mm, going yep. into a B round. Yep. And 
what I notice sitting with a lot of startup founders is the first 10 to 20 people, the founders or the founder will have a lot of personal contact with. So a lot of it is this, mm. yep. just having a coffee and you get the benefit of the doubt. Yet the next sort of ring of yep. hires, 20 to 100, you have much less contact time yeah. with them. So in that sense, being a day late or not getting it right or doing, um, you know, the the uh, the uh, the leave tracker wrong, for yep. example. Yep. Those people don't know you so well. So that's a real challenge now. With the first sort of group, it's like, okay, fine. Maybe they're going to forgive me a little bit yep. because they know me. Yep. But at that level, it becomes a real challenge, right? Correct. Like, that's why uh, companies start to uh, invest in uh, sales platforms. Um, for for us, um, how Talentox is built is that um, for smaller companies, we actually have a free platform because we want them to uh, ang- to start using a platform right from day one. Yeah, so the free platform is good enough for maybe SMEs of less than 10 headcount. Um, you can process your payroll mm. or your CPF calculations done for you, um, your donation funds done for you. Uh, you can publish your itemized payslip, which is legally a need in Singapore. If you don't have payslip, it's kind of like illegal. And um, from there, you can uh, know how much you need to pay out. Then after that, uh, you manually disperse your funds. Mm. But at least you get the compliance set right. And we even uh, have like a uh, tax submission for free. So towards the end of the year, the start of next year, RA submission is totally free. So a lot of companies uh, kickstart with that with us. Because they right from day one, they want to ensure that they are compliant. And they know that our free product is totally free. Mm. Yeah, so as they grow, uh, maybe to 20, 30, and 40 headcount, that's when they can decide, okay, um, maybe I need something more. I need a connection to the banks. I need a connection to the statutory boards, to guys like Zero, um, time tracking and scheduling software, and so on. That's when they want to upgrade. Yeah. Interesting, because as I'm listening to this at the start, it, it, it feels complicated. <laughs> you know, like, you know, it's like if I was starting a company in Singapore or growing you know, another business. Thankfully, we've got um, a HR and, and payroll business that support us because we, we are, I guess, a, a global business, which is different. But it just feels like it, it this kind of headache that you can invest in and it's taken care of. Yep. Mm. And, and and you're, you're mitigating the risk of upsetting people. And I think that's something that's you just touched on there and I thought was really important. Like building that trust with employees, you go through that hyper growth like people have got to be on board, but they, they've also got their own lives to, to look after as well. And if they get a sense that, you know, if there's cash flow problems or um, if they're not getting paid on time, they could go off on a tangent of a different mindset. Yep. And there mightn't be cash flow problems. There might be. But if they're consistently having, you know, paid a day or two late, that's a, nearly a trigger to for them to start saying, actually, I'm just going to see if there's any other opportunities yeah. in the market. Yeah. And I, I wonder, it would be really hard to determine how, how factual that is, but... If it was me, and I was consistently having problems with my pay, I'd probably start to assume that maybe there was a few things wrong, yep. and I, I'd protect myself. I'd go into protection mode, and I'd start looking and saying, "Oh, okay, is this going to take off?" You know, and speak to the business, say, "Hey, what's happened here?" And then if you discover that they were still using Excel, be like, "Okay, <laughs> I understand." <laughs> but it does, yeah. yeah, it feels it feels more complicated than accounting, than keeping mm. accounting records. Because for accounting, I guess, the compliance side of it is, is, you know, your GST returns are annually, but payroll and HR is, is effectively day-to-day, right? Yep. And, and weekly pay runs. Yep. So it's much more much more um, 
repetitive. Yep. And, and it, it deals with your talents. Um, so for us, we just want to get the HR administrative portion off your back. We want to focus on running our business. And in terms of, uh, in terms of talents, we want to invest a lot more in your talents, uh, focus on recruitment, uh, focus on building a culture. Yeah, mm. because all these are take, will take you a lot of time. To mm. recruit the right guy, it's not easy. Yeah, because you don't want to end up uh, recruiting someone, uh, investing a lot in training a hire, and you have to let the person go because it's not a fit. Mm. Yeah, so we rather uh, companies invest a lot more effort in recruitment and building up culture. Yeah, because doing that right is very important for to scale your company. You do not want a case where you have a fast-growing company um, raising like crazy every every year, raising a few amount, and the culture doesn't kind of like grow with it. Like uh, what Graham was talking about, uh, as the ring, as mm. the ring get bigger and bigger. Um, everybody's just like a machinery. They just join the company because, oh, the company can pay me. And if the company don't pay me on time, okay, let's look for another fast-growing yeah. startup. There's yeah. plenty of that here in Singapore as well. Yeah, mm. correct. Yeah. You look at Google, you look at uh, good companies that skill and attract great talents. Yeah. They invest a lot of effort to recruit the right guy. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a lot of effort. Yeah. Guy or girl, right? Yeah. yeah. Guy in yeah. the generic sense. <laughs> It's true though, like that, some of the processes for the bigger places can go on for six to eight months. Yes. Yeah. To cut yeah. to cut the right talent. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's very expensive as well. Yeah. Let, let's I mean we've put it out there what the need for it is. We've talked about it in the context of talent and how important that is for growing a business. Last podcast we had a really interesting discussion and I was obviously hosting it, but as a small business owner, a startup took away some ideas as well. And one of the ideas that I took away was that if I was regularly um, checking in, not on my bank account, but on the reports, on on a dashboard effectively, and the right metrics, I could use that to grow the business. So taking that away, that conversation and the motivation to make Mm. change. The first thing I did was go and install the Xero app on (laughs) my phone. Right, he's, I thought, been a, he's been a customer since 2007. Yeah, it's, it's taken 12 years to download. Yeah, <laughs> well, it took a podcast to make the difference. There you go. So, I, I mean, it's on my laptop. Yeah, but putting it on my phone is very different. Mm. On the phone, and then okay, what do I need to pay attention to? And then it was a case of how does that then drive behavioural change? So you know, if I'm here to grow the business, I've got to focus on these metrics, whether it's cash or return on capital, for yeah. example. Yeah. So in that sense, we've taken the business case, the need, and then converting it into a dashboard or something I can look at to create change, to drive behavior. So everything I'm doing now, I'm thinking, how does that affect that? How do I move that needle up, right? That's what I'm thinking. So in the the context of HR and Talonox, how does that apply? How could you take that need to nurture talent and then turn it into something that I could check on a daily basis. Does that exist? Uh, not not now. It's in the roadmap. Yeah. So um, in terms of uh, dashboard showing the important metrics um, for SMEs to grow their business, um, it's something that uh, we've been planning for quite some time, and we're kind of going to going through a revamp for the product. So once that is done, you most likely going to see like important metrics, like um, how is your turnover rate like. Um, how is the hit call growth like? Um, is there like specific months that people love to take sick leave? Right. Um, yeah, is there mm. a specific months that um, a lot of people go on annual leave? How would that affect my business in terms of operations and so on? Yeah, so as of now, initially, 
for us, we just want to get the compliance piece right. Um, now, in terms of analysis, uh, we want to give a bit of uh, kind of a uh, important um, analytics for SMEs to look at because SMEs is a bit different from MNC. Um, in terms of talents, it's not like if you move a needle, things will change a lot. Mm. For MNCs, HR analytics makes a lot of sense. For SMEs, I think you need to have a you need to be of a certain size, like a medium-sized company. For smaller size companies, um, they just want to ensure that um, every compliance, uh, everything they do with compliance for payroll, for tax, everything is settled. Right. Yeah. So that was our main focus initially. But that um, is a dashboard in itself, isn't it? If you've got it all checked off. Correct. So now now we also want to provide a, uh, more value. I yeah. want to see whether it does help SMEs along. Yeah. Although the demand is not very high, um, but we do see a value in that. And that's why you're going to see a dashboard soon in the future. Yeah. Great. Well, watch this space. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. good. I think as well, it's good to, to picture a roadmap for people yep. with a product as well. Yeah. especially a SaaS product, so people can understand, you know, where is this going? Where do I fit in? And people like to be part of a journey as well, so. Yes, we do, we do realize. So uh, our early adopters that were with us since four or five years ago, um, they were still with us, constantly giving us like great feedbacks. And that's why we got all the integrations out. Um, definitely the first thing that people look for is accounting. Mm. Yeah, how can I push my payroll records to yeah. zero? And that's the first integration that we built four years ago even before Zero set our office in Singapore. Yeah, because we see that uh, we do we do have a long-term uh, vision. And we feel that Zero will really be one of the largest uh, accounting platforms. And they are moving in the right direction to create like a marketplace for different mm-hmm. apps to integrate to. And we really like um, how they grow the ecosystem. That's why we chose Zero as the first uh, accounting platforms uh, to integrate with initially. And since then, um, last year, we actually opened up our API. That's when we get more integrations kicking in, like time tracking and scheduling platforms from Australia, from um, Japan, Singapore, integrating with us. Yeah, so some of the leading guys like Deputy uh, in Australia, that's when we invest effort to integrate with them because the beer companies require that. And with that, um, it really cut down a lot of work. Yeah, operationally, cut out a lot of work for F&B and retail. Yeah. Great. Well, we're going to change scene now and change gears a little bit because I want to learn a little bit about how you two met as well on the backstory and how you work together, mm-hmm. which I think is an interesting angle when you talk about partnerships and ecosystems because it's more than just an API, isn't it? There's a lot more going on behind the scenes. So it'd be interesting to learn a bit about that. But before we do that, I'm curious to see or to hear from both of you how you think about yourselves, what business you're in, because we've talked a little, about the fact that you know it's account software and it's HR software, but I think it's a lot more than that, isn't it? And yeah. I think when you wake up in the morning, you don't think of it in that context. Do you, do you sort of think of it in different terms, or you? I mean, in terms of how people talk to you and reach out and interact with you? Yeah, I think there's I think there's a lot to it, right? So I think if you were if I was just selling accounting software, I'd probably be selling something that's in a box that comes as a CD. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think the way that somebody uh, a colleague of mine from Melbourne actually helped me understand or, or articulate a bit more. It's like, well, it's not what Zero does, it's what it allows you to do. And I think that's where you get the sense of a lot more empowerment of understanding the the impact of helping people. Um, and I've been working now for 20 years. The only times I get stopped and told, I love Zero, 
that's never happened in the companies I worked in before. Not because they were they weren't any good. It's because they did what they said they would do on the box. On yeah. the box, yeah. like whereas I think that we actually provide a lot more. And and we, we you've said it two or three times um, already. Um, people want to focus on their business, so taking care of the other stuff is is kind of what we do. And stuff's not a great great um, descriptive way to, <laughs> to to talk about it, but but it is. Stuff, I think it's, isn't it? it's, it's stuff, but it's it's also worry and it's compliance yeah. and it's it's um, tasks that they haven't been trained in. So they haven't been trained in accounting. Yeah. They haven't been trained in HR and payroll. They don't maybe understand the, the legislation around both. They don't want to go onto the, the ta- local tax website and read the rules. They want to give it to somebody else to take care of. Oh. Um, and I think that's us. It's more about, like, we'll, we'll take care of that bit. You, you go running and grow your business and grow your team. Oh. Um, so it's, it's definitely not how I think of that I just sell yeah. accounting software. I don't, know, I don't know if I do that. No, I you don't, don't. do it. Which yeah. part is part of it? Yeah, but it's not what you do. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and a lot of it is freeing up the mind space for people. Yeah, because all of that takes a little bit of space up in the brain, doesn't it? I have to do yeah. that. It's, a, it's do a, that. a mental burden. Yeah, right. And we only have so much to give on a daily basis. I yeah. feel as a as an entrepreneur. Yeah, this is thing called decision fatigue, where your day goes down. Like you can make so many decisions, and then you run out. Yep. So if I'm making a decision about filing. Mm. or compliance or HR that's one gone mm. left you know and I don't have a lot left to give and that should be giving towards growing a business meeting clients selling and so on so in that sense I think it's quite an emotional part yeah, of what you do yeah. rather than just someone, software boxes we had a oh, this might go off topic we had a brain scientist come in and speak to us a couple of months <laughs> ago and she told us that we uh, an average human makes 36,000 decisions a day Oh. But you don't have to think about every single one of them. Right. It's just like you could be walking down the street and going to step left, step right, you know, this kind of situation. But it, it does, it leads to decision fatigue. Yeah. Um, but I think if we take away the, the hard stuff, that frees up people's mind a little, a little bit more. Absolutely. Good. Very interesting, chaps. We'll be back and we'll talk about the partnership aspect of how you guys work together. Cool. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks. All right, we're back. So, Kevin and Gordon, what's the story? How long have you chaps known each other first? I think we probably met soon after I came to Singapore back in November 2017 because we would have had, would have been out introduce, getting introduced to partners. And I, I do remember the first time that we met, which was in Sarnies and we had a coffee. Yeah. Um, but I, yep, that would have been. In Sarnies, that's, yeah, that's yeah. the first time. Yeah. Yep. Couple of years, a couple of years ago. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, getting there, getting up to two years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, um, there's a new guy who joined uh, Zero uh, Asia, uh-huh. and a um, couple of partners had like great feedback for Kevin. It was like he's a great guy in Australia. You should go and meet him and so on. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> so that's when I um, just gave him like a LinkedIn message, yeah. and uh, we made up in Sunnis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Mm. So I want to find out about how that works in terms of the working relationship because if you're a partner, a tech partner, you're you're an API developer as well. So that could be just a straightforward transactional relationship. Mm. But from what I understand, you do a lot more together. How does that actually work? How do you actually work together, for example, like in the marketing or even like knowledge sharing as well? I think that uh, that's really um, <clears throat> that's the starting point, isn't it? The API side, like yeah. it's kind of enacting that at the start, and 
really we want to get to know our partners because our partners are actually filling a technology gap and a product gap that we have. Um, And I think that's where it kind of comes in and accounting and payroll is kind of like chicken and rice, right? Like you got to, like it's not one without the other. So you got to have, and that doesn't mean that we favor our payroll and HR people more, but it's probably the first most natural next piece of kit that a business gets. Um, and and really, I'd, for me, I'm, I'm really intrigued as to, well, one, how, you know, our partner's business is going. Like Gordon, I'm really like, keen to hear about challenges, how they're grown, what's on the product roadmap, what we can help out with, um, and give clarity as well. Because I think roadmap clarity is something that our ecosystem partners look for. Mm. Um, and we've been really upfront and said, hey, we, we won't build payroll in, in, you know, in Singapore and, and Asia at that at that matter because i think that where we've tried it before in other markets and it's, it's just not taken off as quick <clears throat> and what we've seen is businesses like talanox really taking a leap ahead in terms of capability and, and performance and i want to learn from his world as well and say what are what are businesses asking you for hmm. smes accounting firms what are, what what are the challenges that they face so you obviously have a uh, a business relationship and share customers as well but do yep. you do you ever find yourself in a situation where you go out together to talk to customers um we, we do we do yeah sometimes um usually more like in seminars yeah or in a case where um like account managers in zero uh, they have certain issues about like payroll and hr and they are not specialized in that era uh, they will kind of like introduce the partners, accounting partners, or the clients directly to us. And if whenever we can help them, we will definitely help them. Right. Yeah, because we are built more for SMEs. Sometimes if it's overly complicated, we will try to see if that's work around. Yeah. So we will do our best, uh, possible to help them along. Um, in terms of like um seminars to kind of like um go to market uh, together to educate. Um, Hananox, we do have something called the HR Tech Clinics that we hold like almost every month in each of the countries that we are in. And um, whenever we enter a country, like recently we entered Malaysia, we work pretty closely with the account managers uh, in Zero to see how can we um, kind of educate the market together. Mm. I think both companies believe one thing uh, uh, that is really very important is education. Mm. Yeah. So just now, um, Kevin was talking about uh, whether you wake up, uh, are you going? Are you thinking like, oh, I'm just selling a coding software? I, I think it's a lot more than that. Um, same for us. It's about building the community. It's about educating um, everybody in Asia because Asia usually adoption rate wise is um, a few years behind like Australia, New Zealand, or US. Mm. And the whole education process, the whole community building process, is very important for both companies like us. Yeah, because we want to remove the fear of getting on board the cloud. A lot of users are still thinking of, oh, cloud is dangerous. My laptop and my desktop is way safer. Hey, seriously, people still think that? <laughs> yes. yes. Really? Yeah. Yes. You're, what you're, what, you're what worlds shocked. are they coming from? I mean, I obviously, I've been in the cloud since 2007, remember? <laughs> yeah. But who, who's actually having this conversation? And whether it's with HR or accounts? I think it's uh, I think it's the most common question that we get asked. Really? You know, like, and, I, I, and what funny, what the, the funny thing I find is, there's no follow-up questions once you address it. So it's like there's this common theme um, with people over maybe a fear of putting business information in the cloud, but they've actually put all of their personal information <laughs> in the cloud years ago. Yeah. And, and, and when I say that to people, because I say, oh, look, I want you to understand what you're asking me because 
you're already in the cloud. And then when you explain that and say, do, right. you, do you, you know, do you log in through an app to your bank? Do you make fun transfers online? Like, you're, do you have Gmail? Like all of these things. And then they start to go, oh yeah, I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, 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 it's a little oh, bit, that's I think, the cloud. That's right. the cloud. Right. You know? But they might say business is different because I'm, um, you know, looking after, <laughs> you know, other people's information. Mm. So now I have a duty of care to yep. that information. So does that change things like with HR or accounts as well? Yeah, I, th I think it does. And like, I think people should have that, that responsibility um, front of mind, especially if they're say an accounting firm, you know, that's talking about moving their clients to cloud and really um, helping, helping their clients to make that move. But I think when we, when we see so many accountants and accounting firms who are very, regulated and monitored adopt the mm. cloud that's a great indicator that there is you know a i guess a level of comfort um you know that they didn't have before you know they're looking to somebody for some professional advice but if their accountant is already moving to the cloud well then that's a, a very good indicator um i don't know from your side what do you what do um, you see first we deal with very sensitive data mm. yeah so um, not just with the employers the business owners but also the employees so you get to ask questions like PDPA, uh, even GDPR, because we serve a lot of European customers. And the Europeans, they actually own the data, not the company. Mm. Yeah, so uh, to them, payroll information is very, very sensitive. They want to ensure that our security is of a certain level. Yeah, and that's why I think it's a great question to ask whether it's cloud safe as compared to my desktop. Of course, your desktop is quite dangerous. You get any hack, you get any virus, it's gone. On the cloud, it's backup nonstop. Mm. Yeah, you, you can always roll back to the uh, nearest backup. Um, but in terms of safety of guys like Amazon or web service or whether you're on Google Cloud, they invest a lot, tons of money into security. Mm. Yeah, it's something that um, guys like Telenox, guys like Zero, we wouldn't be able to invest as much mm. in terms of cloud security. So we rather partner with the big guys uh, who are expert in this area. And I don't think companies with their own private cloud or their own private server, they can reach that level of security. And that's how we try to explain and let them understand that um, the whole idea of thinking that placing on a desktop is actually not such a safe mm. idea. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's the, the workflow as well with updating desktops. So I was in, oh, yeah. I was in Manila last week and Damn. there was an accounting firm there that service, I think, 180 clients and they do all of their payroll. And each year, they get a CD in the post to say, <laughs> hey, pop, pop this into your server and, and update it when, when you can't actually use the server for anything else. So one of the staff has got to come in at the weekend and, and spend yeah. two days. And yeah. I'm like, seriously, we can't, we can't run businesses like this. You know, like that downtime shouldn't be forced on a business to do an upgrade. So when cloud, it's, it's done automatically, right? Yep. Like instantaneously. We, yeah. It's also another decision somebody has to make, right? <laughs> somebody has to say, right, I'm going to come in on Saturday or I yeah. have to recruit somebody or I have to assign it to that person, which is an unnecessary mm. decision. Unnecessary. You're talking about workflows, yeah. right? Yeah. You want the whole thing seamless. Mm. Yeah. And the other thing is statutory updates for Piro and HR uh, platforms. Um, ongoing, we always need to update it. Yeah. Um, for desktop platforms, you always need to download a batch file. And the question comes in um, about costing is always like, oh, uh, desktop is way better. I can just pay upfront. But they don't see the hidden charges, the maintenance cost. Yeah. Even for accounting, there's always a maintenance cost, mm. uh, which is paid yearly. And if you 
just stretch it over like five years, you divide it up, it's way cheaper to get on board with a SaaS platform rather yeah. than a desktop. Yeah. Yeah. And you asked earlier about co- co-marketing efforts and we spoke about seminars, but we, we've just launched Zero for Startups together. Oh, yep. Right? Yep, um, that's the other thing that we're doing. Which is um, a couple of select partners from Asia um, with Zero Asia and really bringing that to market. So the marketing has rolled out. It's gone out on digital. Saw it on Facebook and Instagram over the last couple of days. Um, really out there saying to people, hey, we, if you're looking for a bundle, then this is the, the first point of call because I do find that we're getting asked more and more for a more complete solution. And when I look at the, the zero business globally, the markets that we've done well in to hit to bring the tipping points closer together and, and hit that hockey sk- stick road is when we have have had payroll and, and HR actually behind the zero.com login and we've built it ourselves. But we've made a decision not to keep building it um, because it is an extensive build and it's not not really our core business in new markets so we we put together a package um and we're really out there trying to to help startups and that's been launched and will run for next couple of months i think yeah so even before that um i think we've been doing something similar through the banks yeah so like if you sign up for let's say for dbs example uh if you sign up for dbs account you get like uh, some promo in zero and some promo in talent and so on yeah so um, being integrated allows us to um, go to help companies through whether it's through different different distribution channel through the banks and so on. Yeah, great. I want to ask you both about mm. zero for startups and also that in the context of the bigger conversation, which is about the future of cloud business as well and what it looks like when you piece all of these parts together. Mm. And, you know, what does that mean for startups, for example? I consider myself and us, our team as a startup. So maybe we can adjourn to the final scene. Yes. And then get your thoughts as we cast our eyes out to the future. Brilliant. Okay. All right. So I want to ask, what does the future look like when all of those aspects of growing a business the the accountancy the payroll compliance hr functions and then you start throwing in all the other kind of add-ons to that that whole platform what does it look like for a small business or a startup and what is that i suppose replacing as well you know does that mean i can have all of these tools at my disposal but does it mean that I won't have to then use, for example, services of a consultancy, for example, who may have been selling me these packages which I didn't need? What does that look like for startups here in Singapore, for example? I think there's I think there's two types of consultants that maybe sell that package. Um, one is the what, what I would term cloud integrators um, that we're seeing are now born out of the ecosystems of any cloud platform. And they, they, they've seen the opportunity to be the, the new age IT, you know, bricks and mortar stores where you go in and pay for a service. And, and, and these people have seen the opportunity to sit there and, and, you know, do the, um, the connection between the, um, the businesses like Zero and Talonox, which is really straightforward. But somebody might also want to invest and make sure they totally understand the data flow. They understand what work processes need to change. So they are a different type of consultant. And that, that can be a one-off process with ongoing consulting, but I think it, it is more about the one-off process and where businesses like that are being successful is maybe they're getting asked about connecting Zero and Telenox, but then they say, okay, well, what about your point of sale? 
yeah. you know, I can recommend a point of sale that connects to zero as well, like, and, and piece it all together. So that's a really new age, funky industry that I'm seeing uh, the term more and more cloud integrators. Cloud integrators, and it's yeah. it, it's not like if you type in cloud integrator Singapore, there won't be that many. But if you type in cloud integrator UK, Australia. there's probably fifty to a hundred. Right, you and know, they're just they? piecing all these parts together. Yeah, yeah. But is, isn't them. that shouldn't that have been part of the platform already, or is that because maybe they're doing with larger organisations? Or um, in some ways, yeah, we we try to make it as easy as possible. But I also say, like, you you want to understand what's happening right. to your business and the systems you're putting in. Like, you should invest in at least a half day to a day of somebody coming in and explaining to you properly. The other uh, consultants, as such, that do it are the accounting firms, and we, we we talked a lot about, you know, or I talk a lot about the accounting industry, and that's I think they feel they're being disrupted by technology, but I actually think it's empowering them. Mm. And they don't have to do the administrative work, you know, checking numbers. It's it's all just happening for them. They need to do a review, but they can provide a lot more of a service. And I think the progressive accounting firms have set up internal cloud integration teams. And it's not IT people. It's not, you know, um, systems implementers. It's actual, it's generally graduates that are coming through with maybe an accounting degree that don't want to do um, accounting yeah and they have a an interest in business and they're looking at that and there's there's great examples of that even here in singapore and a couple in hong kong that act as a cloud integrator slash you know tax advisor slash management reporting accountant you know payroll processor as well and that's a that's an industry that's starting to flourish and i, I saw that really take off in australia and the uk where the accountant saw it as a new revenue stream but also a new way to not only bring a new service to current clients, but also attracting in mm. new business as well. That's been really interesting. Yeah. I mean, you could have a situation where everybody's doing everything in the sense that they might not have all of those competencies in-house, but they're part of this ecosystem mm. where you might come in through an accountant, you might come in through a corp sec, you might come in through HR, but they're all sort of joined together and going to give you pretty much the same access to services as well those system integrators really just joining it all together right? yeah yeah so I, I think it depends on um, the need of each company if it's uh, like a tech savvy startups uh, they may not need the consultant if they understand their process flow mm. really well um, aside from um, as a service uh, where cloud integrators you go down to understand your whole process and advise you on the right cloud platform to get on board. There are also self-serve uh, system integrators like Zapier, yeah. like Wakato, yeah, where um, you can just sign up for an account mm. and you start to uh, integrate different platforms together. There are already existing integrations, but what Zapier do is that for those integrations that are not existing, they build a middle layer. Yeah, so it really helps, us, especially for our business, it helps us grow a lot before we invest uh, engineering effort in that. Yeah, but if you feel that um, you are not sure about your own, your own processes, you're not sure about uh, what's there in the ecosystem, uh, I think it's really a good idea to get a cloud integrator in mm-hmm. to help you solve the problem. Yeah, and like what Kevin said, uh, it's true. Uh, we do see quite a number of our partners who are also zero partners. Um, they came out of the accounting partner company. Mm. They started their own cloud uh, yeah. integration uh, company. Yeah, so uh, there you have it. They, they really see uh, the need for that and that's why uh, they went into the market. Yeah. This is exciting times. I'm excited as a small business owner mm. 
becoming a medium business owner and maybe even a large MNC, who knows? But as a startup with ambition, I think what excites me is that many of these functions were previously contained within departments yeah, and therefore only accessible to large companies because I would have to hire an HR manager and you know, where am I going to get a budget for that? Yeah. For somebody who doesn't do anything apart from manage the people, yeah. right? But yet now, even the same with accounts, isn't it? I wouldn't have to have maybe even up to a certain size a financial controller yep. or all those sort of checks and balances where I need a department of people doing that. E even invoicing. Yeah. I can do that through the platform. So it really sort of removes that barrier to entry for a small company growing to a larger company because all of that would have to become like functional yep. departments and silos within which in, in many ways I think are quite inefficient aren't they so all that hopefully will change I think as we move it to the cloud that's what I hope for yeah small I think it will and I think it will create more fluidity between departments as well because historically you know accounting and HR were probably hidden away in the corners right or HR was where you went when you were maybe in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, you get um, sacked. Whereas it's, it's, you know, it's HR as an industry, I think, is, you know, our own um, head of HR for Asia comes from a management consulting background and has actually worked in the technology ecosystem. And I look around at our business as well globally and I see people that have come from a completely different backgrounds. Yeah. Um, and are more about the, the strategy of the business. How do, we, how do we make people the best version of themselves rather than, hey, here's a private room for us to go and have a chat because have a chat, you've, you've yeah. stepped outside the, the, the guardrails a little bit, but I think it's changing rapidly. Yeah. And yeah. All that, that sort of, I mean, where we kind of started off about these functions as enablers rather than gatekeepers, mm. and a lot of that really is to do with giving people access to the information. Yep. That's key, isn't it? Rather than, I hold this information, mm. I control it, and therefore, you know, I've got your review and I can tell whether or not you're doing well or you're falling below the KPI or whatever yeah. it is. But I won't tell you that until the next quarter when we do our review. <laughs> Yet all of that's changing, isn't it? If you give people access to information, yeah. that then creates information as an enabler. Yeah, so I, you I, haven't sort of got these gatekeepers within the organization. I think the other important thing is that we are moving everybody up the value chain to let them focus mm -hmm. on higher value jobs rather than administrative tasks. Yeah, because whatever they can be automated should be automated. And um, we are trying to like um, help our talents grow. Yeah. I think that's that's the most important thing. Yeah, yeah. I'll add to that and say, as as an accountant, I don't think any accountant who's studied for five to seven years should be doing data entry. <laughs> you know, I think they're letting themselves down. Um, the exams are hard enough, and all the studies to to do it to then go into a business to just type information from one system to another is just not. I don't think that's what they signed up for, and I think they could be much better. They can have a much better career. And I think hopefully we can give them a nudge in that direction. Well, on that bombshell, mm. that was a fantastic podcast conversation. Gordon Ng. Thanks. Kevin, thanks Thank for you. facilitating everything here and inviting Gordon to the podcast as well. It's a zero on air. Um, really um, thoughtful and thought-inspiring as well. And I think I'll, I'll go away and have a think about how this applies to our business as well. You've been listening to Zero On Air with Gordon Ng, Kevin Fitzgerald, and myself, Graham Brown. Find out more about how cloud accounting can help you achieve success at Zero.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.